God, Michelle, well, you just gave me something called ice chips. Is it American? I should probably talk about it on Michelle Sells. Because it's you want because you want them to send you something free. Because they they're like five dollars a thing. Where did you get them? Air One. Okay, let me see. But Whole Foods has them too. And what's great about them is it's made with xylitol. And this is not an ad. This is a non-sponsored uh, little non-sponsored. Talk ad. Yeah. It's sweetened with xylitol. Now right. that sounds dangerous. It's not. Is it the healthiest Can I have thing? Another one, please? Yeah. <laughs> They're delicious. The healthiest thing in the world is not to have any sweetener at all. Right. But it's plant-based, and it also fights cavities. Meaning, doctors will, uh, dentists will recommend um, sweeteners candies with xylitol because it actually has a property that fights off cavities versus just not being sugar, if that makes sense. Some people don't believe in climate change, and I disagree with them because I do believe in climate change. it should be obvious. Well, I don't believe in xylitol. Okay. I I don't believe that xylitol will fight off cavities. I do believe that it fights (laughs) off cavities. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. And then has all organic ingredients in these ice chips. This is the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. They even have a licorice one, which is to die for. How much is a tin of that? Unfortunately, they're like almost like five dollars. Well, that's not so bad. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm. No corn, sugar, soy, wheat, gluten, or dairy. It's vegan. And I thought you were going to say like thirty dollars or something. No, no, five dollars is a lot for a little tin of of mints. How long? How long will I've, one of those last you? Well, if you. Use them sparingly mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. So I've got my my Tic Tacs. What do we have? We have something else Well, there there's too. RuPaul mints. That's what we're eating. Yeah, there's RuPaul, RuPaul mints. Yeah. Where do those come from? I don't know. I'm thinking China because they were bought in bulk. There's no xylitol in there. No, that's probably got some cane, bad stuff. Some cane no, sugar. I don't think it's sugar because they're uh, sugarless. So I think uh. it's like aspartame and the bad stuff. <laughs> Sucralose. It's just so funny. If you live long enough, everything becomes bad. You know, there are studies done. Yes. And somebody's going to uh, d- debuke. Debunk. Debunk. There yeah. you go. Because mm-hmm. uh, Dubuque is, a, Iowa. is, is in Iowa, mm-hmm. right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I was with you. I had you. <laughs> Somebody's going to Iowa that bitch. <laughs> Right, because I'm from the show me state. You know <laughs> yes, what I'm saying? Missouri, uh-huh. honey. But those are delicious. Yes. Yeah. And they're on that healthy side. If you, and yeah. I usually just use a peppermint oil and vegetable glycerin breath Do you spray. use the doTERRA peppermint oil? I do, but that's really strong. So you're yeah. not going to use that. You can water that down yeah. and put it in like a little pump to make it more of a palatable Well, thing. I got to tell you, I went and had a smoothie at a place over near in Venice here in California and they I think it was I think it was a pistachio mint smoothie. I mean it sounds delicious. It was delicious. They put a couple of drops of the peppermint doTERRA? from doTERRA into the the Here's thing. the hard thing about buying doTERRA and our listeners will understand this. Mm. It's a multi-level marketing thing. Yeah. So you have to know somebody who sells doTERRA to get doTERRA. That's not true. I get my doTERRA from Amazon. I buy it on Amazon.com. Do you know it's real? Because it is. It is. Ninety percent of the products that say there's something. No, there's been a whole big, especially with supplements. Yeah. Uh That they say they are and they're not. Really? Yes. Oh my goodness. So. So you mean the Mac makeup I got at Santee Alley? It's fact. It's. (laughs) (laughs) Not Mac. It's not Mac. It's fact. It's fact. Girl, Uh it's fact. (laughs) 
F-A-C. No, this is definitely the doTERRA, <laughs> the one I got. You know, they sent me a bunch of stuff, too. Recently. Yeah, and I that's said, the way it should be. Yeah, it was, which I is mean, great. You yeah. should. We love it. We both swear but by Michelle, it. Michelle, but... I know you love getting free stuff, but I've said this time and time again. Mm. Free stuff is way too expensive. It I comes agree. at such a high cost. I agree. But there's certain things that I'm willing to take the bullet for. <laughs> 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 like Chevy, ah. I'm still waiting for the Corvette. I mean, yes. I'll talk about you forever. Yes. But for real... Um, um, you know, there's certain things like when I get excited about a product, even like this ice chips candy, yeah. I want to tell everybody about it. Yeah. It's not going to benefit me. If right. they send me some, I'd be grateful. If not, I'm still going to buy Who it. Who makes ice chip this thing that we love with xylitol? It's called, um, it says granny approved ice chips candy. That's the name of the company. It's called ice chips candy. Icechipscandy.com. And I know where the air one here in Hollywood is. Yeah. Where, where do you Calabasas. go? Oh, there's one out there. One in Calabasas. It's major. That's my go-to place. But mm-hmm. you can also get these at Sprouts and I think even Whole Foods sometimes, mm-hmm. depending. And your local health food store, you know, when you live in those places that might not have it. Overseas, I'm not really sure where to get it. It's an mm. American company. Well, no, you put it in Google and you find everything. Yeah. And you go to Amazon and, and I'm sure something like this will be real and, and up and up. So, I mean, I, what I love, I get excited about and I share. Yeah. It's when people ask me to talk about something that I don't right. love or believe in that that's where the conflict comes. Right. So I don't do that. So if the NRA asks you to talk about their new assault. I'm going to pass. You're going to pass. I'm going to say thank you. What if they give you a lot of money? No. Mm. No. I've, I've thought about this before because I was asked to do something that I didn't uh, – I wasn't – it didn't resonate mm-hmm. very well with me and I had to pass. And it was um, – it was money-based. Mm. It was like, okay, um, I'm not a gazillionaire. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for me to say no. But the older I get, the more I realize that integrity is worth something. It certainly is. It so. certainly is. Now, you talked about um, these um, sort of pyramid scheme. It's not a scheme. I mean, it's a... Uh, uh, summer schemes. What? How do you? How, what's the term you use for... Well, MLM, multi-level marketing. Multi-level the, marketing. Which is the new way to say... Like Amway and pyramid schemes. It's the new way to say pyramid. Multi-level marketing. Because that's how they do the Herbalife. Herbalife, um, all of those. Amway. Yeah. Does Amway still exist? It does still exist. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Arbonne is one. And isn't um, um, Mary Kay Cosmetics is one, right? I don't know if Mary Kay is. I think it is because the pink Cadillac, whatever, is like at the top of the the thing. Sure. Um, Rodan and Fields, another skincare line. Uh Uh-huh. But isn't the American dream really a Ponzi scheme? Isn't it a multi- Life. Level marketing thing. Because I was thinking about this when I was walking home from the gym this morning. I was thinking about all the cars there are and all the new cars. Mm. And if everybody had a car, then... We wouldn't have a planet. <laughs> what happens to all the old cars? Yeah. What ha- As I'm clearing out my closets right now, I just threw away a bunch of cassette tapes that I've held on to. I threw away the Pointer Sisters Breakout album. It's called The album's called Breakout. Uh, that I had since 1990. 1983. What'd you do with it? Put it in the garbage. You didn't bring it to Goodwill or something? No. Goodwill don't want that. You'd be surprised. Well, maybe the people who go through the garbage will take it for me. Well, that's this. It's funny you mentioned that. Thinking about that, because we're we're in a real bad place right now, and it's not the scrap metal that we can get from that. It's got more to do with yes, plastic, yes, plastic bags, all the plastic packaging, but even more so the issue with. 
like throwaway clothing, disposable yeah, clothing. Disposable they clothing, call. Yeah. So you go to Forever Twenty One and you go to these small little places that I love, Primark yep. in the UK, all these places, and you wear the clothes once or twice, three times, four if you're lucky, mm-hmm. and then A, you don't want it anymore. B, it's ripped. C, it's falling out apart. of fashion. Out of fashion. What do you do with it? So then you think, well, I'll donate it. Great. But then these things that don't get bought have to go somewhere. Yeah. The amount of unwanted clothing and non-recyclable goods is it could reach to yeah. heaven. Right. And that's really the problem and a giant problem. So the cars, cars are probably more recyclable than you think they are. Mm. It, what the real problem is is plastics and clothing. Yeah, there's a there's a special on Netflix called I think it's called Minimalist or yes, Minimal. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. They talk about all that. Yeah, and um, you know, you know, and I'm I'm a terrible. I mean, I have so much stuff. We we all are, and a lot of this has to do with. I'm a hoarder in a sense that I still have what stuff. What did you call me? I called you a hoarder, bitch. <laughs> you better own that shit. I have stuff from eighth and seventh grade. I know you do. That I've given to my children, and now Lola wears the stuff that she still. And they're like, Mom, I'm not a whore. I know, Exactly. But I'm like, oh, just be a whore for a day, honey. Mommy wants to see you wear this outfit. You wear this tube just top. Just one day. Yeah, just as only Lola a... wore a tube top today. Really? Yeah. So, uh, um, ironically, the stuff that I have obviously won't, won't even fit on my thigh. But it does it does fit them. And and I, you won't throw it away because. Well, there's always a memory attached with stuff, which sure. is look, it sounds like I need an intervention. It's not that bad. My husband's my intervention. There are certain things that I hold on to. But I've been the older I get, the better I am at giving it to somebody. And you've lugged this stuff from coast it. to coast. How many times have I, don't, I moved? I, I don't I don't. I've lost count. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes. Um, I ha- I keep stuff in those giant Rubbermaid tubs too. You've seen my. You've seen. I keep those in the. You, you've seen what of I'm course, talking about. Of course. Those are. That's what I have. And that's what I have too. They're Christmas tree ornament thingies. They're they're yes. storage for Christmas trees. We call them. They're like coffins. They're like plastic coffins. They're long. They're see through. Yeah. Actually, you know, I got mine at Hold Everything or the Container Store. Container Store is great. And uh, uh, when I went back last, the end of Christmas, I, they didn't have any more. So I had, to, they, I had to order them from the company in China that makes them. Well, you can get them in Target, too. Those things? Yeah, you can. Have you seen mine with the red tops? The I think, I'm sure I have, yeah. Rue. But yeah. there's really long ones. Target doesn't have them, I don't think, that long. Right. But they have like a step down. That that's. I have a few of the really long ones for gowns or whatever. I don't wear the gowns that you wear. Right. I don't have to worry about that stuff. My stuff is more cheap. Well, so. I, I, I keep I keep the gowns in there, which of course are not. You're supposed to actually store those kind of hanging, things in, aren't you? hanging and wrapped in paper and like sh- shrink wrapped almost. I don't think shrink. I think the plastic is not good for. Oh, the paper clothing. so it doesn't discolor. Yeah, uh-huh. I guess I don't know. That's what somebody told me. But you know, I ain't got no time for to be doing a paper. But that's I, it. I put those things in the in those plastic uh, coffins. You know, I do too. I'm with you. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's getting to the point. Like I brought a stuff, a lot of stuff, and sold it at DragCon because I want to see somebody wear the things. Right, right. Nobody's going to fit yours. You're six four. It's a right. different story. Right. But there's a lot of girls out there that write to me or love what I wear and would buy this stuff. And I don't gouge them. I just want them to, you know, take it and yeah. wear it. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately. Is Rehoming these items. Yeah, well, I've been trying to. I've been going through stuff. You know, what is that thing on Oprah? They say if you haven't worn it in a year, yeah, but that's bullshit. Get rid of it. Don't give me one year. Let me tell you why. We do too much. There's so much going on that one year we have so much shit from all the years that there's you can't do that all in one year. And my weight goes up and down. There's different things. But back to what I was going to say originally is there's so much stuff that's gifted to us, and we're very lucky that 
that'll take place of, oh, I bought this. You know what I mean? So the stuff that you would normally buy for yourself is bypassed with the gifts or with wardrobe or whatever that that you end up having so much more than you intentionally planned on Sure, having. yeah. But again, I have to do an inventory all the time. And that's not just with stuff. No, you're good at that. I'm good with that. Yeah. You also have to do an inventory on your belief systems, on things that actually don't work for you. I mean, you know, and that's all of what we're talking about is about being conscious. And do you notice a change or a shift as you age? Do you notice your beliefs changing? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that this reoccurring thing is, is uh, I, I talked about it in my keynote at, at DragCon, is, is this thing with my father. And, uh, you know, uh, I have to continue, continually say, Rue, Rue, remember that was that really actually didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that you weren't really a part of that. Nothing to do with it. Had nothing to do with that it. That was all him. So, so um, I acknowledge that your brain keeps bringing that up, uh, but don't don't buy, take the bait. But having the wherewithal to be able to say, and this is like a lot of other pains that we experience, to be able to sit back and say, um, I acknowledge you, and mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to let that go. Mm-hmm. And I I have the same thing with being adopted and feeling not wanted mm-hmm. from the womb, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm always craving and needing. I want everybody to love me. I want everybody to get along. You know, uh, please love, 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 love. Mm. It's the same thing as yeah. you not feeling wanted that day, yes. you know, with your sister. Yeah. And um, I think the, the consciousness, like you were saying, and being present enough to be able to tell yourself, I see you, but I ain't studying you. Is an accomplishment that that's the cure in and of itself. Yeah. That separation from your thoughts, being aware of the thought, is the cure of in and of itself. That's the cure. J- that separation, because you are not your thoughts; you are the awareness of your thoughts. And the fact that I'm aware, I have the thought, and I go, "Oh, um, thanks for sharing." That moment, right there, that's the cure, right there. Very advanced, is it? Yeah, <clears throat> because we can say that all mm-hmm. we want. Mm-hmm. But if we don't actually feel it, it's a different game. Trust me, the, that thing will come back. Maybe it does come it back. Enough, it's like a yeah. tail that grows back. It will come back. Yeah. But in that moment, I can cure it in that moment by acknowledging the fact that um, I know what you're doing. I know what you're trying to <laughs> I, see I know you. what you're trying to yeah. do and uh it's not going to work. And Thanks for sharing, do but Do you find that it works in that moment all yes, the time? Yes, it does. Good. It does. Because then I could take it to a next level and and say um Rue, why are you doing that? It's like, oh, I know why. I know why you do that. There's a payoff somewhere. There's a payoff. And the payoff is I get to say, um, F you world, I've had it, I've had it tough. So I um I I have a green light to do whatever I want to because I had it tough. Mm. And it's like, um, actually, you 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 could have had it tougher. And in this moment, you got it real good, kiddo. Yeah. So Amen. Amen. you know, so don't uh don't go there. But I, I, I've been cleaning out stuff. And I, too, get um, uh, when I try to clear out old clothing and stuff, I get an emotional charge yeah. every time I touch yeah. something. And I go, what do you oh, think that is? this is when I wore this to so-and-so. Yeah. But that Pointer Sisters cassette, man. What year? Is this from? Is, that's from 83. 83. Yes, 83. Because that was the big album for I'm them. I'm so excited album. Jump. They... I'm so excited it was the album before that, but they later, on the later editions of that same breakout album, they put I'm So Excited on there. Right. They took a song off. They put Night, they took Nightline off. He's so shy. 
Was no, he's just shy. He's from seventy. Okay. No, he's just shy. I think it's from seventy-eight. Uh, I, I trust no one more than I trust you. I but it gets blurry, Michelle, because um, it gets very blurry. I mean, we're talking a few years. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe it's nineteen eighty. I don't remember. But it was before. He's so shy. Was before Jump because the Jump was like uh, Beverly no. Hills Cop and my no, no, Neutron no. Dance. Yes, I'm yeah. confusing it all. No, okay. the Breakout album came out in eighty-three. Okay, and it has all the hits. It has Jump. It has Neutron Dance. It has Baby Come and Get It. It has Automatic, which is a oh, big yeah, hit. Oh, yeah, Huge album. No, no, it sold, Automatic. Yeah, it sold millions. And that was their huge, huge... And then on later editions of that album... They included They those... included uh, I'm So Excited. Got it. Because I'm So Excited came out earlier. Got it. Yeah. So um, threw that away, threw away tons of stuff. Well, I mean, you have it all digitally anyway. <laughs> So it's exactly. really not throw. You're really not. You're just getting rid of the physical, this thing right here. Exactly. And um, I have a few of those myself. But here's the weird thing, you know, everything is old is new again. And and the kids like Lily, yeah. you know, she loves all that old music and all that stuff. But she just got for Christmas, <laughs> just got. But she got for Christmas like this player. She asked for it's a record player because she loves vinyl. But it's not just records. It has a CD and a cassette. Does it tr- does it turn the vinyl into an MP3? Yes. Of course. That too. Yeah. So it's got all those things. But she goes to Salvation Army. That's where I get all the great Broadway soundtracks on of CD course. too. Yeah. I mean, I don't need them. Yeah. But in my car sometimes it's nice just to put a CD on and take away from the MP3 moment. Yeah. We're going to take a break, but we've got the great Carol Kane coming oh up. Oh my God. So fabulous. And, uh, but, and, but after this commercial too, I want to talk about Patty LuPone. Oh, honey, you don't got to tell me twice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be I'm right in. back. So Michelle, uh, you've been married twenty years. Yes, I've been. I've been with what's his name for many twenty three years. It there comes a time in your sexual relationship where you have to spice things up, and that's not a bad. It's not thing. a bad thing at all. No, it's just you're human. You know, why not go to adamandeve.com and order some fabulous things for your lovemaking. I have to tell you, my husband and I were celebrating our twentieth anniversary. We just did last week, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going away. In the next two weeks, going to Hawaii, yes, as you know. Uh-huh. Don't think I haven't visited adamandeve.com for a little happy anniversary. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Although the real treat is mine. Yes. But I act like I did it for him. Sure. Well, you know, if you're happy, he's happy. I mean, and that's what true. it's all about. This is true. You know, a lot of couples go through that. And, and, and I always suggest, you know, why not wear a mask? Or why not uh, wear some frilly little panties yeah. on him? Uh-huh. You know okay. What I'm My husband likes when I throw on a pair of heels. Hey. And nothing else. It's a great deal. Listen, Adam and Eve is your one-stop shopping for everything that's titillating in the bedroom. You said it. Go to adamandeve.com for limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. So to get 50% off one item, by the way, free shipping, just type in the offer code RU upon checkout. It's adamandeve.com. Girl, Loot Crate is at it again. You know, I love me some Loot Crate. Loot Crate. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Loot Crate. Because I'm sure I'm sure you guys hear me saying a man's name, Loot Crate. That's because... <laughs> loot Crate. It's loot. It's because it's like the same thing with Toronto and Toronto. Uh-huh. We drop... Our T's are soft. So yes. it is Loot Crate. You have the softest T's in the business, That's Michelle. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Why do you think you keep me around? My teas are soft. Yes, loot crate. Yeah, you guys. The thing about it is in our house, you know, I have one. Lily gets a loot crate every month. Yeah. And she gets really excited because when it comes, you know, you see the box outside. You're like, ah! 
Uh-huh. My loot crate's here, and you guys, if you collect that stuff, or if you're really into any kind of uh, franchise, the and, movies, and, yeah, all of those all of great that stuff. movies. Because I was going to say, it was it's not just animated stuff. No. It's not just, you know, comics. It's like a combination of everything. Yeah. And you guys, you can get this epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. So if you're more of a fanatical fashionista, then loot, loot wear. Loot Wear, W-E-A-R, offers monthly wearables and accessories, a subscription that will fill your closet with cult classics and your favorite franchises. And if you want to get fancy, get a bigger box with even bigger loot. Oh, I love a big box. Loot Crate DX, I've heard. Now, this is for people who don't understand, it's really literally a box of gear, of epic gear, that comes once a month for pennies on the dollar. I've gotten jackets. I've gotten hoodies. I've gotten, you know, little... Things from movies. Yeah. Collectibles is the right word, not yeah. things. Yeah. But make sure you head to lootcrate.com slash rue. Enter the code RU to get three bucks off on any new subscription today. You're gonna love it. It's loot crate. We are back and you're ready to just talk. <laughs> I'm ready to just talk because I haven't seen you in way too long. <laughs> it's like but it's been a week. Has I know. It it's week? way too long. <laughs> long for me. Might not be you. It gives you a break from me, but yeah. I need more of you. No, I love it. I love it. So we were both in New York recently and both saw Patti LuPone on Broadway. And let me just backstory. I'd seen her in TV shows. She's in one of my favorite TV shows. Not, Life Goes not, On? No, not Corky, but... Um, we just call it Corky. Yeah, I call it Corky. Um, Bloody. But, um, 30 Rock. Yes. She plays, um, uh, what's his name's mother, Brilliant. Seen her in movies. I saw her in a movie on the way to New York. I saw her in something with uh, Robert De Niro called The Comedian, uh-huh. which is brilliant. It's a Taylor Hackford film. Brilliant movie. Loved it. She's great in it. Um, but I'd never seen her on stage, which, of course, is the is the making of her legend. It's that's where why she, she shines. That's where she shines. Yes. I saw her in... War Paint. War Paint. With Christine Ebersole. Who is brilliant. Brilliant. But, oh, my God, Michelle, I was not prepared for what I saw. Why not have you not been listening to me for 25 years? Well, I have been listening. I had no idea. You have to see it in person to understand why she's brilliant. Every move she makes, like the police song, uh, is magic. It's like a kabuki thing. Every every blink of her eye. Everything's laced with intention. Everything everything is laced with intention. Every movement, every eye and then the voice okay. well, is beyond. She unhinges the jaw. Unhinges the jaw. And out comes magic. Magical yeah. voice. Yeah. I had no idea. I'd never seen her on You show. don't understand nine-tenths of what she's saying, and it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Nope. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and Christine Ebersole is fabulous. Brilliant. I've seen her on stage many times. In fact, I was in a movie with her, known her for years. Brilliant. But that Patti LuPone. And by the way, she's two foot four. Comes out there in these giant gowns uh-huh. with jewelry that I covet. And by the way, sidebar war paint. Yeah. The hats alone the hats. need their own Tony. The hats need their own Tony. Let's just get that Beyond. out. Beyond. Yeah. So for me, I loved the musical. It's not I'm not I I'm not gonna remember every song that's in it. There's like four or five, yeah. maybe even four really good numbers in yeah. it. Um, but the magic is Christine and Patty. Yeah. And specifically Lalapone. Yes, absolutely. It's I she came out on stage. Of course, everybody screamed when yeah. Christine came out and then Patty came out. But I had tears welling up in my eyes. Like that little girl, like brought me back to that Evita moment of What else had you seen her in on stage? Well, though? the first thing I'd ever seen her in on stage was uh Masterclass. Of course. Where she played Maria Callas. Yeah. And um I was nervous, and I don't get nervous, but I went with my husband, who was in Juilliard, and it was like a special Juilliard screening, and then there was a Q&A. Uh-huh. 
after not screening viewing and yeah. afterward and um i didn't i couldn't like i was tongue tied yeah. cuz it was my first moment after worshiping her for all these years of yeah. finally seeing her up close and personal do you know who i saw that show with who, who? starred in it dixie carter with masterclass yeah first of all dixie carter's another one of my favorites fucking genius yeah. Yeah. did not get enough credit as an actor dixie no, it's carter true, true. and beautiful rose mcgowan looks just like dixie carter yeah now. she does um but seeing her in that moment was like unbelievable. I had never been able to see her in a musical. So that was my first time. Was she in uh, Assassins? I don't know I don't if she know. was in Assassins. Uh, what, what, what she was she... in Women on the Verge. Uh-huh. She was she was in a lot that I've never been able to see. Right. A lot of things. Yeah. I don't think she was in Assassins. Uh-huh. Um, oh, but what was she in recently where she told the guy to put your cell phone down? What well, was that? That was Gypsy, wasn't it? Was that Gypsy? I think she was Mama Rose when that happened. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was um, she well, didn't just tell him. To yeah, put she didn't. She go over and she took it from him, right? Yeah, she berated him, and she's like, "Good, like, put your cell phone down." Like it's legendary. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. And that just happened like a year ago, right? Year I and think half? it's longer than that. No, no, but... no. She did it again. There was yeah, one. Yeah, she did do it again. She did it again recently. I'm gonna look it up just yeah. so we know. Well, oh my God, I was, and of course I got my went and with my Today Ticks. I was in New York. I on did my Today Ticks too. I was and by I myself. went alone too. I was by myself. I was going. My friend uh, Phoebe got married. Um, she did the smart thing, though. Phoebe did. She got married separately and then had the party for everyone. Was just the party. That is what you should do. That's what you should do. You know why? Because it's so much more expensive to try to pair the ceremony with the reception party. It's. Let me tell you something. Oh, a sidebar. Uh, Douglas Carter Bean's comedy show for days. I love Douglas shows Carter Bean. Shows for days. That's the name of it. I was totally wrong. It wasn't even Gypsy, but shows for oh, days. Oh, I love, uh, you know, Douglas Carter Oh, no, Bean. I was right. She stopped a performance of Gypsy in 2009 to berate someone who was taking That was photos. the first time. Yes. And then she did this in Douglas Carter Bean. That was two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Yeah. Because- um, uh, With I, Michael Urie. He was in that That's too. what it was. That's what it was. I saw Michael Urie uh, play with him when I was, I was there for two days, Michelle. I went there for my friend's thing on Sunday night. And we'll get back to that yeah. idea in a minute. Uh, but and- that was brilliant. That that I saw two shows in two days. I'm with you. I saw Glenn Close and Sunset. Uh-huh. And then I saw Patty and Warpaint. I saw... Did you get to see Bet? No. I saw... I got there on a Friday night. I woke up Saturday and I went to see... I went to see Michael Urie. I realized next door, Jody Watley was going to be at B.B. Um, King's. I went oh, and got a ticket. How great. I went there, I think it was, was that How was that? Night. Amazing? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I love me some Jody Watley. Same. Then the next day, uh, uh, I went and saw Miss Lupone in uh, Warpaint. Um, so it was a Sunday matinee. I mean, you were very close to getting me to sing Sunday in the Park with George. But, <laughs> um, it's, it's, she was, I can't say anything good enough about yeah. war pain i loved it and glenn close see glenn close came out um her voice she did a voiceover she had just been on three days of vocal rest uh-huh. she announced to the crowd um uh hello hi it's glenn and everybody starts screaming and mm-hmm. she said i just want you to know that i'm not full voice but i didn't want to let you down there's no place i'd rather be than with this company and and she wasn't really strong vocally but i have can i just tell you this sidebar story mm. so she it was so inspirational to me that she was out there doing her thing and um, there's so many great songs in Sunset, and she transforms on stage. It's really magical. It's really. a hard show to sing, hard actually. Hard show to sing. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's you know, it is what it is. It's high. And mm-hmm. She's brilliant in it. She's won the Tony for it. Um, 
But then I just did a show recently in Zurich where I caught the crud. I got sick because mm. we were doing this little work the world tour where we do a show. I'd get three hours sleep, get up, have to take a plane to the next city, go do the show, go to sleep, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Sleep. My voice doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. My voice, I need eight hours. I need it. Otherwise, my voice goes. I'm going to go to your doctor to find out why yeah. my voice goes. It's always the first thing to go. Well, I'm sure he's going to say because you're not working with a vocal coach. But I am. I have one. Yeah. I'm, Are you doing the vocal exercises every day? I vocalize every, every single day when I I'm performing. Hate vocalizing. hate it. But I, I do. It. I have a 20-minute workout with my vocal coach on my phone uh-huh. that I do before every performance. And the last show we, uh, that I performed in was Zurich. And I could barely even speak. And I thought, let me warm up. The warm-ups were horrendous. Mm. But I didn't have a track to lip sync when I was doing the Shirley Bassey song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. I'll be able to sing above it. I will. It, it's not difficult. It's mm-hmm. just at the tip of my range where mm-hmm. I can belt. And I thought I'm gonna do it. Backstage, I went, get this party started on a Saturday night. And oh. I went, oh my God, I've started and now I'm fucked. It was the worst. I've been performing for a very long time. Yeah. Rue, it was the worst performance of my entire life. Really? That I had to joke about it. So you got through the song though? But no, barely. No. Halfway through, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sick. Like, I couldn't even talk. Yeah. And by the end of the night hosting the show, I could barely even speak. Well, you could have Rex Harrisoned it. But how? Like, I had, I could Get I the couldn't. the body started. Yes! I- <laughs> On Saturday night. You can hear I still have my cough. Uh-huh. Um, it was so dry and not breaking up, and my voice was gone. And mm. I had, I don't know why I did it. I should have cut the number. Yeah. I yeah. should have cut it. Never in my entire career have I gone out there like that. Ever. Well, I had to laugh at myself because because at the end I was like, guys, I just saw Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard and she did it half voiced. And I was like, you're my hero. And girl, you could have done it in your um, your you could have done in your soft. um, I was going to (laughs) say my lady in your grand granny voice. (laughs) Get the party started (laughs) on a Saturday night. (laughs) You know, it wasn't it wouldn't even go there. It didn't exist. Otherwise, mm. I would have switched to a head voice. Yeah. We know I like head. Yeah. It well. just didn't go. Well, it wouldn't go. you know, the show's got to go on. And, you know, it's done. I think the audience understands. They I think did, they... but it was hol- hilarious. Yeah. And I do highly recommend you lip syncing when you decide to tour. Well, yes, absolutely. You know, the thing to do is to re-record your vocals. Some of the top, I won't name any names, but All some of, of the tops. All of them. What they will do is they will re-record their lead vocal. So it sounds like they're actually singing. Every single one of them from yeah. what I know on the inside. Well, uh, every single, you know, although I got to say on on JLo's show, she sang about 60%. Mm. She sang her real voice about 60%. And it ain't easy. And it's not easy, but she, she was oh my, she's amazing. Yeah, I heard. Amazing. I heard. But, um, you know, uh, everybody does it because you because of that thing is that yeah. you've got a tour that has to go on and sometimes you don't know what's yeah. going to happen sometimes yeah. you wake up and you're like what the mm-hmm. like i i had no idea i was in copenhagen i woke up and i was like oh no was there blood in your panties never no, no. okay no i was okay i was safe well, well you know you sometimes you wake up and you don't know where you are i agree you know and you have to check check around and see what's happening no you know? roofie i was okay uh-huh uh-huh so this was just a mini tour how many countries did i you did guys- um like seven i think Seven countries. London, Dublin, Stockholm, Copenhagen, Zurich. I know I'm leaving stuff out, but yeah. Right. If it's Copenhagen, it must be Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. 
And they were brilliant audiences. They were uh-huh. just wonderful. Yeah. And um, and this is a different tour. This is not the. Um, this the, is not bots. The, it's not the battle no. of the seasons. No. Nope. Battle this of is, the seasons. It's uh, something else. This was called Work the World. Yeah. And um, Dublin, Stockholm, Oslo. Uh huh. Copenhagen. I've never been to Oslo. Oh, it's lovely. Mm. And the people are amazing. We had a great crowd there. I've been to S- Stockholm, but not Oslo. Stockholm was phenomenal. I love, I love it there. And then um, Zurich was amazing. Yeah. Except for that little boo-boo. All right. So we've got uh, Carol Kane coming up. Legend status, honey. love her so much. We're going to talk about everything with Carol Kane. She's just an amazing actor. And the fact that she can, she's still working after all these years. You know how rare that is? And so relevant just as now just as much now than she was then i want to ask her about that like how do you keep working how do you because it's, you know it's not, it doesn't get just down to talent you first of all you have to want to do it and luck and luck is a huge factor talent uh uh luck wanting to do it and there's got to be another element i can't wait to ask her about it's that it's that perseverance that stick with itness yeah yeah a lot of people stick with i you know living here in la i've known many people from, you know, different walks of life who have come here to be in show business. And um, most of them, most of them who are waiting tables, most of them, it doesn't happen. No. Most of them. No, but you have to know that going in that chances are you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, some of us spin our wheels and just kind of stay in the middle forever. Some leave and just do something else because you realize it and you open your eyes. Some people lose a lot of time and a lot of money trying. Yeah, but, you know, Michelle, you and I have both been, we've morphed in this business to whatever the client wants, that's what I'll do. I have to think that that is the secret weapon. I have to think that because we're willing to learn something new and to think outside of our limited perception of who we think we are and go, um, radio? Sure, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, uh, just don't forget to bring the cash. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes, Eddie. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what and you I mean. And I think a lot of people are... are Survival of the fittest. It's adaptation. Yes. But I think a lot of people are stuck, are fixed in the way they want it to be. Correct. And that doesn't allow them to um, take opportunities as they appear. It's producing themselves in life. Yeah. So we talk about often the queens trying to produce themselves on TV. Trying to control what the audience thinks of them. Correct. Or like they did it in Big Brother with people thinking, oh, I want the world to see me this way. But really, it A, it always backfires. Mm-hmm. And B, you can't do that in life. And I think a lot of people try to by saying, no, that you know, that's not me. This is me. I'm mm-hmm. going to act this way when really that's not who they are. Mm-hmm. Let's take Katy Perry, for example. You were in... Um, that bubble with her, which mm-hmm. is imagine doing that for 35 days, 24 hours a day. Oh, my God. That was Big Brother. She oh basically God. did Big Brother for four days. And uh, you went in there. And I think a lot of people saw more of who she more likely is in real life mm-hmm. than who the Katy Perry character is. More Catherine Hudson, less Katy Perry. Well, that can hurt people. I remember when I saw Purple Rain and I saw Prince be emote for the first time. I thought, oh, huh. That's, did it freak you out? It did. Seeing Prince outside of who he was. Well, outside of my imagination. I mean, that was the whole thing with when MTV came around. It really, like, um, video killed the radio star. Yeah. You know, once you get to see a person's personality, you go, oh, the fantasy's gone. That's why for years people have said that, you know, if you're gay in Hollywood, it won't work because the fantasy uh, of of what people like about you is... Uh, is uh, 
you know. Rock Hudson. Well, yeah. I mean, especially if your fantasy is that, oh, he's so dreamy. I yeah. want to, yeah. I want him to be my husband. But that's so old-fashioned. That is so Rock Hudson. Like, remember when Clay Aiken couldn't come out because his claymates would have been devastated? It was like, bitch, we knew all along. You're having the issue of coming out. Right. Nobody else. We got to go to break, but you just said claymates. That's and the I, name of his. I know. Isn't it's it amazing? hilarious. Isn't it amazing? Claymates. I, I wish my name was Clay just so I can have claymates. What do you have? Do you have Visages? What do you have? I, it's, you know. I have the Ruminati. You do Ruminati! <laughs> No, I just made that up. I don't have anybody actually. What would you, you Michelle the Michelle Michelleites? Visagitarians. I love it. All right, when we come back, we've got Carol Kane. Yes! And uh, she's got the sugar canes. Oh yeah, she does. The sugar canes. Or the candy canes. Candy canes. Yes, I love it. We'll be right back. Oh girl. You know, talk you know, to me. Talk I want to, to talk me. about Adam and Eve. Okay. You know, there's such a we have such a taboo about sexuality in this country. Why do you think that is? I do, you know, it's our Puritan roots. That's what it is. And then we all come from you know this shame of of being of wanting and needing. It's uh, that is in itself a shame because we're only on this earth in this body for a certain amount of time, and if you can't get the ultimate pleasure. Why bother? Why bother? Exactly. That's why. That's where AdamandEve.com comes in. Because a lot of people have trouble going to a shop where they could pick something up in person. But I understand that. I understand it, sure. But, you know, Adam and Eve takes all of that shame away because you can do it online. Hello? You get whatever you want, whatever you need online at AdamandEve.com. All those sexual, sensual things that you might feel embarrassed to get at a, at the local shop. Yes, you, know. you can get those. You can even get an adult movie. I have to tell you, since we started exploring with toys from AdamandEve.com, it's been the best change in our lovemaking. When you're together for a long time, or even not, there's nothing wrong with introducing that for fu- It's fun. It's, it's not fun. like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it's fun. With someone that you feel safe with. Of and, course. And I, I bet nine times out of ten, if you talk to any couple who's been together for many, many, many years, Hello. you will find out that they go to AdamandEve.com for their sexual fantasies, pleasures, titillation. It's all there. And here's the thing about adamandeve.com. For a limited time only, you're going to get 50% off just about any item. They are so, their prices. Beat, they are so affordable. Yeah. Their prices beat everybody. They're so great. Customer service, everything about Adam and Eve is fantastic. But that's not it, kids, because you know it's Rue and Michelle. Hmm. So when you select one item at 50% off, you're also going to get a free mystery gift that's Ooh. so sexy. Mother loves a mystery. So sensual that we can't even mention it here on the podcast. And to top it all off, because everybody likes the top, <laughs> they'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we are not kidding, chow. I love it. Free shipping. Yes, free shipping. Go to adamandeve.com today for this special offer and get 50% off one item when you type in the offer code what? Are you? Yes, adamandeve.com. We love you, babies. We are here. We're already in mid-conversation already. Michelle, our special guest Listen, is here. a legend. A legend. This is a big moment for both of us. For both of us. Uh, uh, Carol Kane is here. My goodness. Brilliant. We love you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you. To talk about legends, I feel like I'm here with two other legends. <laughs> oh, go on. Now, you were nominated for an Academy Award for Hester Street. That's right. And that that was like your third 
fourth movie, something like that? Yeah, I guess I had my first movie. It was just a miracle. I got to work with Mike Nichols and Jack Nicholson. In Carnal Knowledge? Carnal Knowledge. Oh, wow. great movie. That's your first movie. That was my first role in yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I had done a lot of extra work. Hellier. Hellier. Hang the old bitters. <laughs> and you got that job while in New York, the Mike Nichols job. That's right. And was that filmed in New York? No, they were actually, the way I got that job was very odd because they were already shooting in Vancouver mm -hmm. and they had not been able to find this particular character. And uh, I went in to meet Juliet Taylor in Marion Dougherty's office, and she took a photograph and uh, my theater resume, whatever, and sent it to Mike in Vancouver. And then they, he thought I looked right, and and they brought me up to Vancouver. And uh, I later found out. Uh, so the idea was that when I got there, if Mike liked me, I would stay and shoot the movie and mm -hmm. shoot my scenes. And if he didn't so much, I'd be back the next day. Mm -hmm. And and behind my back, my mother had called the producer and said, if you're going to put my daughter, because I was uh, 16 or 17, oh wow. if you're going to put my daughter through that, you have to fly her first class. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mama. Oh. You mentioned Juliet Taylor, who is one of the most legendary casting directors uh, in the world, in the history of show business. Okay. Over the years, uh, you've been okay. You've been around for a long time, and you've been working for a long time. How much is making a good impression with the casting director? You're friends with casting director. How how much of that experience? Depends. Do you know what I'm saying? Is how much matter? Like a long yeah. career. Does that being help me help so, me out. so so being acquainted with and hopefully liked by and supported by a casting director is um like inheriting gold bricks mm -hmm. i mean it's very important mm -hmm. to be supported because um some of the better ones like um juliet um, my friend Sheila Jaffe, who cast The Sopranos, the the directors will really will collaborate with them, and and you know they'll say no to somebody, and if a casting director is really behind you, she or he will say, I know why you're saying no, but I'm just asking you as a favor to mm -hmm. me to see them, mm -hmm. and strange things happen. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you get in a room, and. People, people's minds can be changed and they sure. remember they and they remember. remember yeah because now okay we, we're talking carnal knowledge was 1971 it feels like you've worked every day since then <laughs> well now Rue I I would like to say that that is correct however I have had a very strange and choppy career in that nothing I have ever done has ever led to anything else basically such as when i as you mentioned i was you know blessed to be nominated for best actress for hester street when i was 23 and then i not the phone didn't ring for a solid year i'm talking about 12 months of a year yeah but dog day afternoon came out right at the that same year didn't it it was 75 but, but well, I don't remember when it came out. I'm just telling you that between getting nominated, yeah. because, you know, things come out yeah. at 
various times, but between get, sitting in the Academy mm-hmm. Awards, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and anybody calling for even a meeting or anything was a solid year. And then Gene Wilder called and asked me to do the World's Greatest Love, which was my first comedy, which is remarkable because I had no idea how he could see in Gittle and Hester uh-huh. Street how I could be Annie and that, but he did, and he gave me that break. But, he, he, the, the, you know, there were other big movies. Well, every, actually, let me go back. Why do you think the phone didn't ring for a year? Um, <clears throat> I think that the character I played in Hester Street was a Russian Jewish woman at the turn of the century who, for two-thirds of the movie, only spoke Yiddish <laughs> and... <laughs> For, for uh, probably uh, nine tenths of the movie, wore a horsehair shidle. And so therefore, not a lot of roles. Therefore, I didn't spring into anyone's mind. And uh, it was black and white. The movie it cost three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. It was so amazing yeah. that I was nominated, and nobody. Yeah, I think that um, there is, there always has been, and. I think always will be such a thing as typecasting mm-hmm. where if you are fortunate enough to play a wonderful role in a successful, fulfilling fashion, that's who people think you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it just follows that way. Now, for instance, I mostly am asked to do comedy, but I, as I said, I, I mean, I worked for... Uh, uh, definitely uh, 14 years in uh, movies and theater before I ever, ever did a comedy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But then Simca changed our lives. Yes, yes. Wasn't that lucky? But yeah. I mean, well, luck and talent, darling, because to go and do a scene with the late, great Andy Kaufman, uh-huh. yeah. and who is a scene stealer by nature because yeah. he's insane he's a genius. Yeah. and insane genius, a you know. Artist. Yes, mm-hmm. you have to be able to hold you, and you're a tiny bit of a woman, and you stole that whole moment in well, that. Moment. I don't know that I stole it. I think Equal. we How about collaborated yeah. well, and that for me had a lot to do with Andy's generosity and mm. that he. He really didn't want to be married or anything like that. And he took time to, him and Jimmy Burroughs took me out to the Imperial Gardens and uh, sort of uh, inter- we got introduced that way. And then, An arranged marriage. <laughs> an arra- it was arranged. Mm-hmm. Well, that, first I was his girlfriend, and then Andy took me out and taught me the language. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, as I say, he did not want to be married, but that's the way it was yeah. written. Yeah. But then we also... Andy originated that character, Foreign Man, in in nightclubs. Mm -hmm. But for me, the writing, you know, is everything. And Simca was so beautifully written Mm -hmm. that I swear to God, and I am not kidding with you, sometimes I would drive on that lot, that Paramount lot, and think they do not understand that I would pay them to mm-hmm. get to say these words. Yeah. Right. Pay them. Yeah. Peel me like a grape so I can get out of here? Yeah. How yeah. much do you want? <laughs> Just don't take it away from me. Of course, we're talking about the television show Taxi, Taxi. and, and uh, uh, which was legendary. But you continue to work in movies. I just want to go back a little bit with Dog Day Afternoon. The mm. great Sidney Lumet directed that. That happened, I guess you filmed that before you filmed... Uh, 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 not Hester Street. 
I don't know. I'm so I should have researched. Maybe <laughs> I, I never know what year anything yeah. happened. Rue yeah. is I, like kind of a savant with no, the years. No, you know years, I think too. that was after. It was after. It was. I, no, I'm asking. <laughs> I'll tell you while you guys debate. <laughs> you, yeah, you okay. look and, and we'll see. Thank but, God for Google. But you yes, know, honey. You've been in the business for a long time. What do you yes. think? Why do you think you have been a, a lot? Allowed to work for so long. You're, you, no, no, you're an excellent. You, you, you've got it. But Bester a lot of Street people have. Street and afternoon, both years, same year, seventy-five. Same year, seventy-five. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know which. Uh, says Hester Street came out first. Oh, see, I see Ru. <laughs> she knows. Who see? was right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, what? What is this? What's the secret to your longevity? Why my? Um, well. Mm. Again, I have to say part of it is luck, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, I think that I had a wonderful acting teacher and acting coach. I think that I, you know, fell in love so young. I mean, I was in both unions by the time I was 14. Wow. And I uh, fell in love so young and... Until I was much older, I, I couldn't think of anything else in the world that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was older, I realized that I would have loved to be a vet, but I never, I passed math with a D, so uh-huh. I, I think <laughs> the chemistry part would have yes. eluded me. Yes. Um, but I think, uh, and then just, you know, a combination of, uh, you know, good genes and that I'm still upright. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, genes have everything to do with your longevity. You have a strong constitution. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in the 70s, when you'd go on auditions, who, what actress would you always see at the audition? Who was always up for the same role Oh, okay. You? you know, it's interesting because uh, the great Sissy Spacek uh-huh. and myself had a brilliant manager named Bill Trish. And Sissy and I would be up for a lot of the same movies. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was up for Carrie and didn't mm-hmm. get it. And um, and then Swoozie sometimes, Swoozie Kurtz. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, um, gosh. You know. And then in the 80s, who, who were you up in the room with? Uh, do you remember, like, because uh, it would change every decade who... I don't know. These are ladies uh-huh. who have... Also had the same kind of longevity. Yeah. I, I think, um, let me think a couple. Because the thing is this, you know, having been in the business for so long, um, you've seen you've seen people come and go. It's not it's not for sissies, this business. Oh, so, boy. Th- so when someone has had a career like you've had, you have to actually take it apart and go, wow. Because it's not normal for someone to work ha- as long as you've worked. Mm. Is that true? Well, yeah, yeah. Know, but- Absolutely. No, most also, people... you know, necessity, as they say, is the mother of invention. I had to support myself, and I am privileged to still have my mom with me. I'm oh, so privileged, you know. Amazing. She's a musician who's writing her seventh book that oh, she gets goodness. her publishers in in Paris. So we're going there soon to meet wow. with her publisher. Talk about good genes, honey. Yeah. I know hey, you got them. My dad was a brilliant architect, and so when I was young, there were exquisite art books all over the house and ballet and music and things that 
helped me to fall in love early. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do when I was little was to take these great art books and, and sit in front of the mirror in the bathroom with my F.E.O. Schwartz makeup kit <laughs> and try and look like those photographs, yeah. you know, or, or paintings. You do. You look like those. You look like you could be have lived in every era of mankind on this planet. You have that kind of look where you could fit in in any era. Timeless. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really amazing. Why have I I've been here before. This is, <laughs> this is doing wonders for a girl's ego. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely, uh, it's really well, uh, thank amazing. thank you both. I think you're overly kind, but thank you. And throughout your career, not only is it prolific and, and amazing, but you've worked with more the legends. Greats. Yeah, like Woody Allen even. Yeah. And, and and as far as the actors go, I mean, you're talking about Sidney Lumet and, and Sidney Gene Wilder Hash, and my Bill Murray. My first director was... Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols, Mike the first Nichols. director. That's Can you imagine? crazy. Yeah. I mean, he is, you know, the greatest of yeah. them all. Yeah. And recently I got to do a play in London directed by Ian Rickson, who directed Jerusalem, and uh, Ellen Burstyn and Elizabeth Moss and Kira Knightley were oh in it. Oh, my goodness. Wow, what a I cast. Just, I know. I just, uh, just really, really, really um, fortunate and also... Um, when when I was I started so young that I didn't realize the odds were way against me. So I wasn't as frightened to audition or go in the room. And now I'm just terrified. In oh fact, my goodness! I last year I I did a big audition that nearly killed me, and I decided that I couldn't do it anymore. Really? And I and, I, and, and right after I decided that, I got. Kimmy Schmidt yeah. and Gotham. Oh, my goodness. Well, I want to talk about both those shows after this break. I also want to uh, pitch you my latest script, which is called When a Stranger Calls Me Darling. <laughs> Darling. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> we'll be right back with Carol King. Bow-legged Bow Lou Crate. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy with Lisa Lisa now. That's right. And the cult, cult club. Bow-legged Crate. Cult Force. Wait, wait. Force. Full Force, force. and Cult, cult, cult Jam. Jam. Yeah. Cult force. All, right. All right. Hey, Michelle, hey, Loot Michelle. Crate is at it again, honey. They, they don't stop. stop. They are stuffing they are these boxes with so much gorgeous so stuff. stuff. I'm talking epic gear. I'm pretty, your pair. Shit's pretty sure you said stuffing their boxes. <laughs> Well, they are. Yeah. Full of everything that you want. We're talking apparel, collectibles, unique, one-of-a-kind items, and more. Yeah, you guys. And the best thing is this monthly subscription, over 45 bucks worth of stuff mm-hmm. for under 20 bucks a month. And I'm Brilliant. telling you, I, you've heard me say it ad nauseum, that I have it for my daughter. My husband tries to dip in. She's like, get your hands out of my Loot Crate box. <laughs> and there's all different ones, too, you guys. There's one for your pet. There's the anime box. I switched back and forth to Lily gets the anime versus the uh-huh. regular. And then there's the Loot Crate DX. If you want to get fancy in a bigger box with uh-huh. a bigger loot, check that one out as well. There's all sorts of different things for you guys to choose from. There's a wide range of exclusive items you can't get anywhere else from fan-favorite franchises like you guys know. I'm a huge Harry Potter fanatic. Yes. So they have one like that, Marvel Comics, Fallout 4 like you mentioned. I love Fallout 4. Yes, Star Wars, so much more. You can get all of them for less than 20 bucks a month. Make sure you head to lootcrate.com slash Rue. Enter that code RU to get three bucks off any new subscription today. Let me spell it because Rue did point out it sounds like we're saying loot crate. Does it sound like loot crate? I hang out with loot crate. Uh huh. That's loot crate. L O O T C R A T E dot com slash R U. 
Offer code Rue. Get your loot crate today. We are back with Carol Kane, the great Carol Kane. My goodness, the longest career in showbiz history. Now on Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not a great theme? It's That's great. Jeffrey Richmond wrote that. He brilliant. All the music for the show. He coincidentally is married to the lovely and brilliant Tina Fey. Oh, is that her husband? Yes, and they're doing the musical version of Mean Girls right now. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. And he's that's doing the music. And he's doing the music. I mean, be. he that theme song knocks me out. It's fantastic. Now, And he you, writes all the stuff that Titus sings. Yes. What's the, the, the wine? What Pinot was, Noir. Pinot Noir, <laughs> yes. Wrote, yes. And... and, and I've gotten to sing a duet with Titus at Jeffrey. You did the mute. There was a musical. There was a musical episode. There was a musical theater episode. Uh Yeah, it must be so great to work with other great actors like like Titus. I mean, how much of the chemistry that you guys have is was just happened on the spot? All of it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, we had guidance, of course, with the writing and who we were to be to each other. But I think that. Um, we fell into a good rhythm. Yeah, together. and Ellie too. She, yeah. Ellie is brilliant. so brilliant, and also yeah. I have to say one of the kindest human beings I have ever met on the planet, and mm. generous, and that really sets the tone. You know, mm-hmm. she's our leading lady, and she sets that tone. Yeah, she's awesome. Tell me about the role on Gotham. Who oh do you play on Gotham? I play Gertrude Cobblepot. The mother of the penguin, uh-huh. and she is a Eastern European uh-huh. woman as well. And um, I did get killed, and then I got I reappeared once after I was murdered, but I haven't been on it lately. But <laughs> that I play the mother of this genius young young man named Robin Lord Taylor, who mm-hmm. plays the penguin. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do an accent for them? I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. So, I mean, going back to Simca and learning the language you said, you kind of glossed over it. What was that like? Because as a a kid watching that in the 70s, was that the Mm -hmm, 70s? you really believe that this was a real language yeah. that was not well, that's made up. because of Andy, because he the rhythms were so specific. Right. And for Andy, it was so easy and natural. Uh, you know, I was really all in a dither as to how I was going to learn this. And then Andy said to me, well, you know, it's just like when you're, Five, and you open your mouth and you speak Russian or Chinese or whatever. You Uh just open your mouth and start talking. Uh Uh, That's what it was for him. He had so much freedom. You know what I mean? When you're little and you play act Mm -hmm, and -hmm. you start being the queen or the this or the that, and Mm -hmm. it comes out because you're not judging yourself. That's what it was for Andy. And then he, he took me out to dinner at a Chinese restaurant, and we spoke. When when the waiter came, we only spoke in that language. <laughs> and so up. when I, Andy and I, like, conferred what I was going to have. And then when the waiter came, then I spoke to Andy only in that language of what I wanted. And then Andy would translate to the waiter. <laughs> so that we were having uh, an experience like a couple from another. So planet. were there words that were specific words that had to be hit there to make it? There were a few. There was yaktabe, which yeah. was but. And a few things like that. But but then there were a lot of them that were just, um, well, here's a really interesting thing to me. All of our lines were written in English, mm-hmm. even when we were speaking our language. Really? We were always written in English. So we were saying something very specific and 
telling the story with the right, you know, emotions, very specific. But we just did the sort of automatic translation, but we knew what we were saying very specifically. Wow. Right. Wow. Um, that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, in Hester Street, you spoke mostly Yiddish. Yiddish. Do you have... Mostly. Um, what um, What are your favorite Yiddish words? I'm obsessed with Yiddish. What is your favorite? Uh, um, right now, it's... Uh, I don't need to hear a, g- a whole Geschichte story. Mm-hmm. You know what Geschichte is? That's a is? good one. No. It's a grandmother's tale. It's a long, drawn-out Geschichte story. Story. I learned that from Judge Judy, actually. <laughs> I don't need to hear a you whole like, Geschichte story. You like Chaza. Yes, I use Haza twice today already. Hazarai. Yeah, yeah, Hazarai. yeah. Do um, do you have any favorite Yiddish words for say. our audience? Because uh, uh, Michelle, you were talking about a mitz, a mitzi, a, a mitzvah, mitzvah, a mitzvah, doing a mitzvah. No, what was the thing from the, a few days ago? A mensch. It was um, a geshrei. What's that? A geshrei? Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know the basic ones from Brooklyn. What yeah. is it? My okay, relatives, you know, like when. all those words. No, that... it was when we were with Dan Levy and you said something. It's a little, a little bath. Maybe it's a little bath. Oh, a mi- that's a that's a mikvah. Oh, a mikvah. Yeah, mikvah yeah. bath. Did you have someone training you with Yiddish on the movie? Hester oh, Street? absolutely. I had a, a man from the Yiddish theater, Joan McQueen Silver, wrote it, and again, so beautifully wrote it. And then uh, we, she hired a man who had been in the Yiddish theater all his life, and he worked with us a Jeez. long time. It's like mm-hmm. learning Me and Stephen a script Keats. in a whole separate language. Yeah. Uh, so you booked the gig, and now, oh, surprise, you have to learn this whole Well, language. it wasn't a surprise. Thank God. Because part, part of that auditioning process, which was not easy, it was long, mm-hmm. um, the last part of that process was to audition in Yiddish. Do the so I worked with this teacher uh, before my final audition just to see if I could sound uh, believable, fluent yeah. and fluid mm-hmm. and believable. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a commitment, kiddo. Amazing. Yeah, but it's it's a commitment, but it's also such a gift and a treasure. You know, sure. to find something that is that complex and specific and intricate and where a world is being recreated yeah. and you mm-hmm. get the opportunity to research that whole world. Are, were you, are you Jewish? I am Jewish. So at least you knew, had an idea? As we say, I knew from nothing. Right. <laughs> um, I really knew from nothing. But then I, I started reading books and looking at the photographs of the immigrants and going to the Jewish museum. And, um, it, you know, I, I learned about a whole new world, and that is one of the great privileges of being an actor. Because, for instance, Dog Day Afternoon, you know, we had to learn about being bank tellers. You yeah. learn yeah. about that, and you get to do all these things that you couldn't do in one right. lifetime. Mm. You have many lives in one lifetime. Now, I wanted to ask, um, I, we talked, we joked about my new script, which is um, uh, <laughs> When a Stranger <laughs> Calls Me Darling. <laughs> Am I going to get to be in it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. It's yeah. based around you. It's based on you. But that that was, you know, you had you had started out in dramatic films, and then you were known for comedies. And then when, in 1979, when A Stranger Calls came out, everybody, I was surprised that you were in another, you know. Dark. Dark horror, drama. It's a horror But drama. again, that's it's a thriller. My, No, it's a thriller. You're right. That is my. Um, Your wheelhouse. My, yeah. And, uh. That movie was produced by 
My oldest friend in the world who I went to high school with since I was 13, Kitty. Doug Chapin, who What's also his name? Doug, Doug Chapin, uh-huh. who also produced What's Love Got to Do With It. Oh. And um so yeah, I And no, and that And I, and su- at the time by the way, I was doing a dramatic play, an old German play by Horvath at, up wow. at Yale University. I mean, that was what I yeah. did mostly. But it was the because of Taxi and and because of uh, so many other roles, the, the it was the comedy that that really in my mind, at least, that I, I thought of you as 100. a well, that's, that's actor. what happened. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened. Uh, I became known as a, sort of a, a comedian. But yeah. I'm, I'm an Scrooged actor. is yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen. I can't. Again, writing Mitch Glazer, Michael O'Donoghue, oh, uh, Mr. Mike on Saturday yes, Night Live, uh, directed yes. by Dick Donner. Yeah. And here's the thing. The great genius Bill Murray, mm-hmm. who, talk about comedy and drama, is, you know, a phenomenal dramatic actor. Yes. Phenomenal. Yeah. I have secret wishes that I wanted to do with Bill Murray. I wanted <laughs> to be in Long Day's Journey with uh, Bill, who wow. I think he would be amazing. Wow. And I had hoped to do Virginia Woolf. Both of these things have now been done a lot, but those I want specifically to do those with Bill. It doesn't wow. matter how many times they're done. It's not you and Bill. You know? Yeah, it'd be great. Now, I just want to go back to When a Stranger Calls because that was a surprise hit, and it's actually a classic. You know, that that terminology, I use it all the time as a metaphor uh, in, in just in general, which is um, uh, the calls are coming from inside, inside the, the house. house. Get out of the house. Charlie Durning said that to me. Yes, and it's a brilliant actor, another brilliant actor. Uh, uh, that was a complete surprise hit, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Again, a small, low-budget mm-hmm. Um, just beautifully directed and written and produced, and yeah. Were you surprised when they asked you to do the sequel? Uh, not really surprised, because it was the same team. Mm -hmm. Um, Many years later. How many years later was the sequel? Oh, I don't know. We'd have to Google. <laughs> I think, no, I think it must if okay, so uh, well, 79 was that 70? 79 okay. was the original and I think the I think the it was in the 90s. I think the sequel was in the 90s. Am I allowed to interrupt? Yes, oh, you can. Please. I forgot the name. It's Fred something the name of the director and I really must Fred say Shep, 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 not Skepsi no. Shep, he, he's Australian I'm going down to 79 you've done too many films darling yes yes so way too just many films just put When a Stranger Calls got it hang when, on because is it called When a Stranger Calls Again When a Stranger no, Calls Back no it's called When a Stranger Calls Back When a Stranger Calls and, Back and it, that's pretty scary too Fred because Walton the, Fred Walton uh huh uh-huh. okay so now I can keep talking I yeah. just want to say his name Fred Walton uh, uh, another incredible Incredible success with that one too. Uh, uh, Do you get what? points on that one? I don't think I did. Uh, when because... a stranger calls, directed by Fred Walton, uh-huh. and then the sequel. One is always nervous about a sequel, but Charlie, Charlie Durning, and I both got to be in it again. And Fred wrote another magnificent script, and that worked out too. Ninety three. Yeah. You're right. It's ninety three. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, um, weren't you? To, the... to be specific, I'm not ninety three. <laughs> The movie came out in ninety. Yes, when a stranger calls Thank back. Thank you, Rue. Ninety three. Oh my god! And then, um, uh, weren't you in the movie The Lemon Sisters? <gasps> the Lemon Sisters, so much fun with my girlfriend Diane Keaton and Catherine Grody. Yeah. And uh, oh god, we had a ball on that. We got to sing. Paul Schaefer 
did the music uh-huh. with us. He taught us our songs, and and uh, we got to fly back and forth on a helicopter to Atlantic City and wow. shoot on the boardwalk. And wow. oh, it was so much fun. Adam's family values. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, We're- I want to talk about also the costumes for the Lemon Sisters were done by the great Susan Becker, who did uh, the costumes for uh, Baby Boom, and just uh-huh. brilliant. And I'm sorry. What are we so, talking so, about? So, so <laughs> Susan done Becker. Too much. Susan Becker is a is is a Diane Keaton person who she brings on her movies. Uh, as much as possible, but uh-huh. Susie was uh, has designed many many great movies. Uh, um, the one with Tom Cruise and Nicole. Uh, oh, far and away. Yeah. He, no. Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder and also Lost <clears throat> Boys, the one. Yeah. So, so many fantastic looks that she's created. So now you've worked with everybody. Tell me about the kind of actors that really make your titties hard. <laughs> Tell me about the actors that really, that you can't wait to get to the set because you're just, just cooking fire. It's just bing, well, bing, 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 you bing. Know, as you say, I've gotten to work with a lot of great actors, um, you know, like Al and uh, Pacino and John Cazale and uh, Diane Keaton. And, oh, yeah. I mean, so many great actors. But I have not worked with two of my most all-time people that I worship as artists, which is Marty Scorsese. I've never worked with, and I've never worked with Robert De Niro. Really? Oh, I worked with Chris Walken a couple of times on stage and on film, and oh my goodness, I just, and Billy Crystal and Mandy Patinkin. Oh my goodness. I mean... Give me a break, Charlie. Learning <laughs> all the yeah. Have you been with the same agency all these years? Uh, no, <laughs> I have not. But um, that is a um product of the fact that I was too young. I didn't understand about things, and I left people I should never have left because I. In my youth, somehow thought somebody else could do better. I was seduced by, mm-hmm. you know, big, glamorous mm-hmm. things. And But as I said, not, I mean, I anything I've done, I have not worked for a long time after, even though it might seem to you that I work consistently, but I don't. I, I really don't. And so... When I was very young, I thought, well, that must be my agent's fault, you know. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the truth. That was just the rhythm that my particular career has. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really was very foolhardy and left some brilliant and loving agents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, for people who are in the show business, we're going to wrap it up in a minute, but I just want to know what advice you have for people who want to do this kind of work. What what could you tell some, what could you tell the younger Carol Kane about show business that you now know that you didn't know before? Well, I just said one of the things, which is, you know, if somebody passionately believes in you, stick with that person, even though they may not be in the biggest, most glamorous agency because if they believe in you, they'll fight for you. Mm-hmm. And that's something really important. Um, I did know certain things that I think would be valuable for other young people, but such as the fact that I think it's really important to study with 
great teacher. It's really important. What did you study with in New York? Well, I study, and I still sometimes work with her. Uh, Marilyn Freed was the name of my teacher. And I also studied with the great Bill Hickey. Oh, oh. I mean, imagine, right? I auditioned mm. to take his master class in New York. He used to teach in Carnegie around Carnegie Hall or did he I also taught at HP Studios yeah that's where HP Studios but wasn't that over there that's when I was no that was downtown I auditioned for his master class and didn't get in so how about that and then you know I made bad choices again sometimes when I was young because I was offered something really hard and uh, then was offered something that I might make money on and I made the bad choice of not going with the great writing, the mm-hmm. great work. Mm-hmm. And so I would, that I would definitely tell the young Carol is do not ever make a choice for money. You have to do what's in your heart and, mm-hmm. and what's going to really expand your spirit and your artistry. And I did make some bad choices in that area. And some incredible things came my way that, oh, here's another thing that I did, um, which I think a lot of young actors do, which is my success came to me so young and so fast that I wasn't up to it. And I, after Hester Street, um, some movies came my way at at a point that... I just couldn't accept them. I couldn't because I didn't feel uh, worthy of what was coming to me, and I couldn't take the fame. And that and as you know, a lot of people crack under fame mm-hmm. when you're young, especially. And I was one of those. I got rid of it. Um, so <clears throat> I would say to my younger self, "It's okay." Keep breathing, uh, take it one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, and don't be so frightened. Well, that's good advice, and you've done very well for yourself. So we are so happy that you're here. We're happy that your your road led you to where we are right now. Yeah. Me too. I'm I, grateful and grateful to talk to both of you. You are absolutely lovely. We are huge fans Thank here you. and we will watch you in well, whatever well, you, you know do. I'm huge fans of you. Thank you so much. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else, amen.